Jack, I see panic. There we go. Good morning. Good lunchtime. Give the worship team a hand. That was awesome. Thank you. As they leave. Uh, very, very quick. My name is Mike. I know some of you. I don't know all of you. If you want to know anything about me, check me out online. But more so, I had this heart to walk with people, especially people who are called to do ministry. If I can any way, shape, or form uh, like serve you, walk alongside with you, maybe you have questions, more so on the church ministry side of life, on how to get into it, how do I kind of find my way, shoot me a message. I would love to either talk to you, sit down with you with coffee, whatever it is, and help you any way I can. That's one of the awesome parts about speaking at like a Christian university like Tyndale. I'm going to pray, and then maybe we'll do something uh, semi-productive. Sound good? You guys have a sense of humor? Okay, we'll find out. Lord God, (laughs) thank you for every person right here, right now. My hope is that you can speak to all of us, and you will. And this is one of those talks when we talk about service, the heart of serving. I think we all talk a big game. I think we've learned how to say the right things. But it's easy to get discouraged along the way. It is easy when the results don't look the way we expect. Sometimes we lose the heart of serving you and serving others. And maybe we begin to make it about ourselves. So just be with us over the next couple of minutes. And maybe there's one thing we can take away where it can help us be like your son Jesus who came to serve. I pray for myself, Lord. Just give me some wisdom, some clarity, and some guidance, please. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I got this privilege to travel, like you mentioned, like literally all over the world. Uh, Two years ago, I was uh, booked to speak at two Christian conferences and a few Christian churches in a little city called Dubai. Anyone ever been to Dubai before? Like there's a little picture on screen. It's one of the coolest places in the world, like super futuristic, like, you know, they're like way like beyond, you know, modern times. And what they said was, in between the conferences and the churches I'm speaking at, they said, Mike, you are going to have maybe two or three days off. If you could do anything, what would you want to do? Now, in a city like Dubai, when they say anything, they mean like anything. For example, does anyone like race cars? Okay, one, yeah, it's nothing to be embarrassed about. Okay. <laughs> in Dubai, you can rent a Formula One race car for two hours for about a hundred bucks. Like when I say when I say anything, like anything. Um, does anyone like cats? Yeah. Well, they eat them out there. So anything, when I say, I'm joking, I'm totally joking. I'm totally joking on that one. It's horrible. Just testing your humor. When I was out there, I was out there with another guy named uh, Tim Tebow, like football player. Tim wanted to do the world's longest zip line. They had that out there. When they say anything, they mean anything. So I start Googling, what could someone do? And the number one recommendation on every single like, website was skydiving. Now here's the thing, heights, that's my number one fear, period. Scared of heights, but I'm also really stupid sometimes and just do stupid things. So in that moment, I went on this website, I started looking at all the reviews, you know, five-star ratings, and in that moment, it's skydiving. Like, you don't care if people are giving it a five-star rating or a one out of five-star rating. 
You're just happy people are alive to give any rating at all. That's all you really care about when it comes to skydiving, okay? So in that moment, I signed up. I fly out to Dubai. I speak at a few events. And then finally, the day comes along to jump out of an airplane. And I have no idea how I might respond. I have no idea how I might react. Maybe I'll be like, smile, greatest opportunity, a moment of my life. Or maybe they have to drag me off the airplane like, a United Airline passenger, you know? Like, I literally don't know anywhere, any way out. So I go. I show up to the facility. I sign in, and they say, Mike, we want you to go stand over in the corner, and in 20 minutes, your instructor is going to come along and take you through all the steps that you need to go through in order to jump out in an airplane. So here's a picture of my instructor here. He's from Venezuela, and he comes along. And he starts asking me all these questions and realizes it's the first time I've ever jumped out of an airplane. And he was so gracious and, and so kind and so selfless, and he answered every really stupid question that I had. Like, do people hit the ground, you know, really hard? You know, he would be very nice on my stupidity. Then he would like go through all the instructions where like, hey, if I kick you, it means you have to bend this way. If I hit your arm, you have to put your arms out more. Then he put me in one of those little like safety harnesses, which that was an awkward moment, I'll be honest with you. We go to the airplane. Yeah, everyone's like, yeah, well, I can see why. 13,000 feet into the air. Now we're doing okay until they open the door. Have you ever been on an airplane where the door opens? Like maybe like Swoop or one of the cheap, cheap yeah, really cheap airlines. The door opens and I don't have a seatbelt on. I don't have a parachute. And this man right beside me, like my instructor, he said, Mike, you need to stand up and sit on my lap. I'm like, excuse me, sir. Um, that was not promoted on the website. <laughs> But whatever, he had the parachute. I stand up in the most awkward moment of my life. You know, I sit on this grown man's lap. He strapped me into his harness. He stands up. And by default, I stand up, like dangling like a baby kangaroo. <laughs> and we get to the side of the airplane. He says, we're jumping on three. One, two, there's no three. And we jump out of the airplane about 120 miles per hour. I'm screaming the most of the time. And here's a beautiful picture of what it looked like. Now, when the thing was over, I, I didn't die. I did okay. I started talking to this man. And the thing that like, was very fascinating, one, I don't remember his name. <laughs> but what I do remember, he said, every day I jump about eight to ten times a day with other people. And the thing that would amaze me about that is not that how many times he jumped, but how many people he would walk with every single day and make this experience all about them, not about him. Really, he had this heart to serve. He wasn't there to exalt himself or show how amazing he is. He did everything he could to make it about myself. Then when I was done, he did the exact same thing, that heart of serving the next person in line, and over and over and over. And although I, although I don't remember his name at all, I remember what he did and the experience of him being with me so I can experience this awesome opportunity. Now, I'm not sure about you, but for me, the people that inspire me most are the people who have that true heart of service. 
The people I'm encouraged by, the people where when they do life, you know that they're serving God with everything they have, but they put that in action and they serve other people. They walk around, they're selfless. They're not here to exalt themselves. They're not here to say, here's all my education. I'm going to try to be smarter than you in this conversation. It's the people who can die to self, to be Christ-like, reflect him. And the people who do life with you. Those are the people that I'm inspired by. The people who put this heart of service on display. Now here's a real quick question for you. We'll throw the question on the screen. Turn to someone around you if you have people around you. Who is someone that displays the heart of service in your life? Now we know the typical answer is Jesus. Let's go beyond Jesus, okay? Like maybe a person you've, you know, you've hung out with over the last week or month or whatever. Turn to someone beside you super duper quick. Who is someone that has inspired you or someone who has displayed this heart of serving God and serving others in your life? Go for it. You got 30 seconds. <laughs> well, that's nice. When I say 30 seconds, I meant like eight seconds. <laughs> What are you having for lunch? No, 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 no. <laughs> we'll zone in. You guys are awesome. Okay, so, not to cut you off, but just to kind of think about it, for many of you, the person, if you mention someone's name, I think you can very easily say whatever it is that they did in your life, however they walk alongside you, however they do their day-to-day life and display their actions, I think you can say and know and see that they are serving God and they are serving people above themselves. There's a story in the Bible we'll look at just for a couple minutes. And it's a weird story because, you know, we don't really look at this story when we talk about serving. And to give you a little contact, thank you so much. Uh, to give you a little contact, we find this in uh, two parts of the Old Testament, actually. But I'm going to focus on First uh, Chronicle chapter 11. As you break down that chapter, what it's kind of doing is giving you, um, I guess, some highlights of David's life. You guys know David? The guy you chopped off the giant's head? Yeah, you guys know, you guys read that part of the Bible so far? Yeah, okay. Um, If not, you'll get there next semester. So here we go. (laughs) David, it says, he finally becomes king. The next part talks about now they go and they kind of take over and take control over Jerusalem. And as the story continues, we see David, you know, because there's still war going on, although he's king, he can't just like walk on the beach and, you know, have all this peace and be free. He was still kind of like on guard. He was still hiding. And we'll throw this scripture on the screen. We'll do one slide at a time. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say one, two, three, ready, read. We're going to read out loud, okay? I know it doesn't sound fun. But when you're adrenaline pumping tonight and you can't sleep, this is why. You'll be so excited. One, two, three, ready, read. You did good. Good job. Thank you. So, let's set the scene. We got... We got David over here. He's hiding out in the cave. 
And over here, we got the Philistines. They're like, they're in their little stronghold. They got their camp, you know, all set up. Again, it's not just all roses and butterflies. It wasn't just all peace. David, as he's in this cave, we see three of his 30 chiefs. These are people with high status. These are people who are very close to David. These are people in that culture would have been seen as someone who's like maybe has um, popular or recognizable or someone who's elite or maybe above maybe the average common folk. And the story continues on the next slide. One, two, three, ready, read. So David's in the cave. And he said, oh, if someone could just get me water from Bethlehem. Someone. Now when he says this out loud, he's obviously the three men, they hear this. Now if I was those three men, when I hear someone, I would think, you know, well, let's go find someone else. You know, the people who like, you know, stack the chairs after church service, maybe they will be a good person to use in this situation. I can imagine them being human, thinking like, hey, we're on this really high status, like that's below me. But they humble themselves. They're selfless. They're not thinking, hey, I'm too good for this. They're not thinking, hey, listen, I'm an ordained pastor. Hey, I went to seminary. Hey, I'm no longer an intern. That's not their heart. Their heart is, they see the need that the King David had, and their heart is to put this act of service into action. And they go, and here's the scripture. Well, we'll go, let's do this real quick. One, two, three, ready, read. So they go. Now, I've had the privilege to speak in churches in Jerusalem and Israel. And one thing I realize is it's not just all flat land. You guys know that? It sounds weird, but when I read, read the Bible, all we get that image, flat lands. They got hills, they got mountains. These men, they travel about 17 to 22 kilometers. In the heat of the day, you know, the blood, sweat, and tears. When they make this decision to serve David in this aspect and put it into action, they're literally dying to self. And they're putting David above them. And they go and they fight through the enemy camp. As this thing continues right here, like we see them, they fight through the enemy's camp. They get the water and now they come all the way back and bring the water to David. And I'm sure they're human. I'm sure, although they might be humble and we see the act of service in action, there might be a little part of them saying, hey, when I give David this water, maybe he'll compliment me. Maybe he'll acknowledge me publicly. Maybe we'll get a different promotion. Maybe we'll get the oohs and ahs. And here's what happened. They bring the water back. One, two, three, ready, read. What? Like, could you imagine if you took this step to serve David, to risk your life, the blood, sweat, and tears, to get this water, only to give it to him, and he go, never mind. And I'm not sure about you, but for me, I know I talk a good game saying I have the heart to serve God and the heart to serve people, but I have these moments in my life when the results don't look the way I thought it would, when the people don't say thank you, when maybe it doesn't lead to a new opportunity. Sometimes I realize that my heart is truly revealed. I put this little quote on, on the screen here. The results often reveal the true heart of service. 
What I mean by that, if you say, yeah, I want to serve everyone. I want to serve God. But when it doesn't work the way you think it should, didn't turn out the way you expected, for many of us, we start thinking, man, if I knew nobody would care, if I knew the results would end this way, if I knew that no one would say thank you, if I knew it might not make a difference, I most likely would not have done that to begin with. What a waste. All the time, the energy, the sacrifice that I made to serve this person, you pour it out. And I don't know about you, but for me, sometimes I start realizing, is my heart to serve God and serve others as pure and true? As I say it is. Because when the results turn out maybe a little different, do I still have that heart of service? And if we wrap it up on this final little point, we see that David, he pours it out to the Lord. And what the scripture says at the end here. One, two, three, ready, read. So David, although the result did not look the way these men thought it would turn out to be, David sees it from a completely different angle. And he says, this water has so much value. Why? Because you risk your life. I see the heart of service. I saw everything you did, everything you did to get the water, every step that you took. It didn't go unnoticed. And it's so easy sometimes in life to have a heart of serving other than serving God and getting discouraged. And what happens is our heart of service starts to get a little harder. We start thinking, maybe I should start exalting myself to get noticed a little bit more. And I say this in this moment to end. Whatever the results are, when you live this out and serve one another and serve God like Jesus has taught us how to do, despite the results, understand and know God sees your heart. And maybe no one else will. And maybe no one else will see how far you went to do what you did, did. But God did. Never lose that heart because these other people, in my opinion, are the ones that change the world. The ones who truly live out the act of service despite how it all looks in the end. I'm going to pray. Lord God, thank you so much in this moment. It's just a quick little idea, a little thought to throw out there. I mean, maybe talk a big game. We have a heart of service. But sometimes when we put it into action, we, maybe our heart, our true motive gets revealed when we don't get the promotion. We don't get the shout out on social media. We don't get the oohs and ahs. It doesn't lead to maybe something. Teach us how to, ha- how to have the heart to serve like your son Jesus served. Teach us how to be humble. Teach us how to truly reflect you in this world and to everyone we encounter along the way. And despite the results, let us understand and know that you see it all and you know our heart. So keep our heart pure in service and use that so you can get glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys.